Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Consulting editor and NFL draft analyst with Sports Kita, Tony Pauline, joining us here on the show. Good to have you back, Tony. How's it going? It's okay, you know, I'm usually <laughs> let in by Led Zeppelin, but I did enjoy the uh, song called Crazy by Queen leading. I actually saw Queen sing that song live in 1977 at Madison Square Garden, so it brings back some good memories. This is Listen why I love having guy. Tony on. Listen to this right. guy, man. That's, a, that's incredible. Well, Tony, uh, up at the Combine, Caleb Williams making some news. He was asked what his level of excitement would be if he were to get drafted by the Bears or if they decide to trade away that first overall pick, and he, I think, answered the right way. He said he'd be excited on, on both ends if uh, either one of those things happened. What do you make of his, his answer and how he handled the situation? I mean, what, do you, what else are you going to say? I, I mean, what, what kind of question is that? I mean, other, I, guess I, I, I guess they were hoping that he would say, no, nah, I don't want to be drafted by the Bears and say something <laughs> controversial. But, you know, he's going to be the first pick in the draft. The Bears are very likely to trade Justin Fields. Uh, and they're going to keep that pick, and they select Caleb Williams, and they'll start the next uh, part of his career. Well, speaking of Justin Fields, because obviously <laughs> he's completely the odds-on favorite to come to Atlanta, and I think some of that has to do with where he's from but and the fact that we're in a quarterback-needy situation. What have you seen from him over his in his three years in the NFL that would show you that that would be a good or a bad trade for the Atlanta Falcons if they brought Justin Fields in? Well, I, I mean, you're going to have to really start from the ground up with Justin Fields and get between his ears. Uh, his, he had a terrific career at Ohio State. He ended it off very well. I, I think early in his NFL career, he's been more of a runner than he's been a passer. He's shown flashes, and what you've got to do is you've got to turn those flashes into consistent production. Is it a good pick? Is it a, is it a good trade? Is it a bad trade? It depends on what they uh, what they give up. They're not going to get a quarterback in this year's draft. They are a quarterback needy team, and I think what's going to happen is, I think there will be a trade completed after the combine. Whether it's Atlanta, maybe it's Las Vegas. Uh, there will be a couple of teams out there, and it depends on who gives up the most, uh, who's willing to offer the most draft picks in return. Visiting with Tony Pauline, NFL draft analyst. Tony, uh, look, man, the stuff that started to come out in the last couple of days about Legereus Sneed, and I know that there's a lot of people uh, that look, you know, certain directions when things like this happen. I, I'm, I'm wondering what the price tag is going to be. And you kind of mentioned in one of your articles, the Atlanta Falcons might be the destination. What do you make of uh, the Legereus Sneed situation? Well, there's going to be more information that's going to come out in the next couple of days. I don't think the price tag is going to be too high. It's going to be, it's going to be twofold. It's going to be the team that wants him being able to agree to a contract with him, and then the price tag of with the uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. It could be a, a situation where it's a second rounder this year and a third round next year. Um, there'll be some additional information coming out in the next couple of days, not next couple of hours, uh, and it, it's not going to be a huge price tag. I think a lot of people think the Chiefs, the tag and trade is the best move for them, uh, and that's what the feeling is here. Tony, the Falcons looking for a quarterback. I guess that's putting it nicely, right? Um, that's no secret. 
Who do you think would be the best fit for them there? Because there was some buzz around Jaden Daniels and maybe what they could try to do with the eighth overall pick. And Jaden Daniels is not going to be there. Jaden Daniels. If they is make the a move, two. if they decide yeah. to maybe, yeah, part they, ways they would have that. to see the, the the problem with making the move is the teams that own the top three selections: Chicago, Washington, New England. They all need quarterbacks, so they're, they're quarterback needy teams at the top. And I think compared to last year, these guys are are much higher rated than than Bryce Young at, at this point. Um, you have to make a huge move. You have to give a, a lot of uh, a lot of way to move up to get a guy like Jaden Daniels, who I think would be a great fit. Drake May, uh, I don't think New, New England's going to pass on him. You know, you're looking at one of the second tier quarterbacks. I don't know that JJ McCarthy or Bo Nix are worth a top ten selection. I would not select either of them really in the first twenty picks. But we live in a day and age where quarterbacks are overdrafted anywhere from a half to a full round. You know, do you take your chance and and maybe hope that a Bo Nix is there in round two? If he is, I think that would be an outstanding fit for Atlanta. Well, we know that Caleb Williams is everyone's favorite. He's going to be the first pick. But of all of these guys, you know, and maybe if you have to take Caleb Williams out of it, Tony, who is Tony Pauline's top quarterback not named Caleb Williams in this draft? Jaden Daniels. I mean, the, the tape on Jaden Daniels last year was spectacular. And I think that what really impresses me about Jaden Daniels is sort of the antithesis of what I said about Justin Fields. I mean, Jaden Daniels is a freshman at Arizona State, showed a lot of promise, you know, showed some flashes, but he was more athlete than he was quarterback. And the last two seasons, especially the last year and a half at LSU, he has just pulled it together. He's got all the physical skills. He's the guy who can pick up yardage with his legs, although he doesn't run recklessly. He's a smart guy. He sees the field. He knows what's going on. He does a great job reading defenses. He's got the arm strength to make all the throws. I mean, I, I came into the process having Drake May as my number two quarterback, but when I really broke down Daniels on film, I, I was just wowed. And the thing about Daniels is I, I like quarterbacks who are playing their best as we move towards the draft and Jaden Daniels played better and better as 2023 went on. And he was a better quarterback in 2023 than he was in 2022. So I think everything aligns towards Jaden Daniels hands down being the best quarterback after Caleb Williams. Tony, I want to ask you about the situation going on in Tampa right now. There's two players specifically, Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield. I know that they moved on from Dave Canales as he's in uh, Charlotte nowadays. You've kind of got your, your pulse on the whole Mike Evans thing, and I'm curious your thoughts on Baker Mayfield because his name, it, it, that, that's another guy that's been thrown around uh, in Atlanta as, hey, could that be a guy that we want to maybe possibly bring in to play quarterback here? Yeah, and uh, his agent is here uh, this week uh, talking with teams, talking with the Tampa, with the Tampa Bay Bucks. You know, it, it's going to come down to salary. He's going to offer him the, the best package and the most money. Daniel Jones got a deal worth $40 million a year uh, last year at this time. I mean, you have to think that Baker Mayfield is worth at least that. I don't know that he's going to get that, but he's worth at least that, especially with the salary cap, you know, being about 5% higher than everyone thought. So I think Tampa wants Baker. I think Baker Mayfield would like to stay in Tampa. It's just going to come down to, you know, who offers the best package, who offers the, the best contract for uh for Baker Mayfield, and the fit, which is why he'd like to stay in Tampa. 
Tony Pauline, consulting editor and NFL draft analyst for Sports Kita, joining us here on the morning shift. Uh, Tony, Russell Wilson has been in the headlines again, uh, going back and recapping the story of what happened with the fallout in Denver, of them trying to bench him, and you know all that that goes with it. Where do you think he's going to end up after all this is said and done? It's that's that, it's very interesting. I know the Raiders again. I mentioned Justin Fields. There's been talk about the Raiders reaching out for uh, Russell Wilson, and then uh, you know letting Aiden O'Connell, who was selected last year in the fourth round, kind of develop behind him. He's kind of a wild card because if there are quarterback needy teams, Wilson has had success, but is at the end of his career. You don't know how much is left in the tank. And in a lot of areas of the league, you know, Russell Wilson is seen as a div- divisive guy. I mean, he he did admittedly say that he wanted to get uh, – he tried to get Pete Carroll and John Schneider fired. He's had the problems with uh, with Wilson, with the Peyton, Sean Peyton in, in, in Denver. So a lot of people don't know what they're getting from Russell Wilson, and they don't know how much is left with Russell Wilson. So – I could see the Raiders. I, you know, I, I don't think Atlanta has has any interest in him at all. Uh, it, it, it'll be, it's going to be an interesting situation to see. Number one, if he's traded or if he's just outright cut uh, from Denver, which I think will be decided in the, in the coming weeks. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tony Pauline joining us here on the morning shift on Sports Radio 929 The Game. Tony, what do you think about Dallas Turner? Because everyone thinks that, you know, he is probably the top edge guy off the board, it seems like. But, I mean, could, is he – is do you, right now in the in the combine, do you, do you like him a little bit more than you liked Will Anderson last year or – no, I had Will Anderson rated much higher. I think they're different players. I think Will Anderson was a true edge rusher. He was a guy that you could line up at defensive end. Dallas Turner, I think, is more of a linebacker that Alabama turned into an edge rusher. If you watch Dallas Turner as a freshman, he was a real good linebacker, off-the-ball linebacker, playing in space, in coverage, you know, making plays sideline to sideline. He still did a little bit of that last year but it was basically up at the line of scrimmage, off the edge. He's an explosive athlete. He's, when you compare him, he's probably a better athlete uh, compared to Williams, but he, he's not as polished as a pass rusher. But I think he's got a little bit more versatility in the sense that, you know, on third and six, you can line him up as an edge rusher. You can drop him off the line and play him in space, do those sorts of things. Uh, Tony, real quick, I feel like in this draft, Caleb Williams – and Marvin Harrison have been just automatically picked as the top two players in the draft. But while they, even though that they might not end up being the best players when it's all said and done at their, their own positions, could is Malik Neighbors kind of in the same category as, as Marvin Harrison, or is there a clear separation between one and two there? On my board, there's a clear separation. Marvin Harrison is, is the top, top player in the draft. It's not even close. I mean, because he's done so much for three years. Uh, he was basically, uh, to be cliche about it, the, the straw that stirred the drink in that Ohio State offense. If you watched Ohio State last year, 
you know, whenever they didn't throw them the ball, they couldn't move the ball. But when they did throw it to number 18, they were able to get the ball downfield into the end zone. He's big. He's fluid. He's natural. Obviously, he's got the bloodlines. I do like Malik Neighbors. You could say Malik Neighbors a little bit quicker, a little bit more explosive, maybe a little bit better running after the catch. But I think that DeMarvin Harrison is more of your game-controlling wideout. Tony, we appreciate the excellent insight. Hope the Combine Week has treated you well. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us.